Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Hot Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Hey guys, Kyle Sutherland here. And on behalf of all of us at the Hog Talk Podcast, I want to thank you for listening to episode 93, where we'll be talking about the life and legacy of the great Eddie Sutton. Before we get there, I want to remind you guys, if you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us anywhere on any forum that you listen to. And while you're there, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and a write-up review and let us know how we're doing. Thanks again, and hope you enjoy the episode. Well, I'm extremely honored because uh, I still love the University of Arkansas and I love all the people that I've met through the years and all those great players that I had, but that really means something to me. You know, they have my name on them at Oklahoma State where I graduated, but uh, they've got a number on, on the floor, but this is much more impressive to have your name up there top of the, the, the floor and you see all the people and, and it's just a reminder that we did have a lot of good things happen when I was coaching here. clips you just heard some of the more memorable moments of the great Eddie Sutton era from 1974 to 1985 at the University of Arkansas as we all know by now coach Sutton passed away at age 84 on Saturday night and that's what we're going to spend the duration of this show today talking about him and honoring his life and his legacy not just as a Razorback coach but as a basketball coach in all of college athletics he started at Creighton, which he had been to a couple of smaller schools before that, but his first Division I job was at Creighton. Led them to the NCAA tournament, and through a mutual friend, he and Frank Broyles, who at the time was still the football coach at Arkansas and was transferring, transitioning over into his athletic director role that, as we all remember, he held until 2007. But Eddie Sutton was really the first big hire that he made that ended up becoming a household name. Hired him again, as I mentioned a second ago in 1974, when Frank, frankly, no pun intended, did not have much to sell him. 
the basketball program had had its success in the past, but really at that time was just literally building from the ground up. And when you think about the foundation being set for what the basketball program became, particularly in the early and mid-90s, it is a very good chance that that would have not happened had it not been for the foundation that Eddie Sutton had set. Now, that's not to take away from anything Nolan Richardson did. Nolan Richardson is one of the greatest basketball coaches that we've ever seen in college basketball. But it's a very big question of whether or not he would have came at the time when Sutton, so-called, when we'll get into his crawling to Kentucky comment here in just a second. But it's very much up for debate if Nolan would have came had the basketball program not been in the position that it was. Now, his first three years at Arkansas, talking about Nolan, of course, were not very successful. I think in year three, he made it back to the NCAA tournament. Of course, Eddie Sutton's last year at Arkansas really wasn't that bad. I believe they went to the first round, and then he ended up bolting for Kentucky. But Nolan also was a coach that was averaging 24 wins per year at Tulsa. So he was there for five years. One, I believe, was around 119 games, 120 games. So you can, my math should be about averaging. It must have been just a, just under 24 games. So one of the up-and-coming coaches had won an NIT tournament back then. NITs actually did mean a lot more than they do today. And, of course, if you have seen the documentary, The 40 Minutes of Hell, that that ESPN did, I want to say it was in 2013, 2014, Nolan had talked about that there were racial concerns that he was enduring, of course, being the first ever black coach in a major sport in the SEC, already having to push that boulder up the hill. It's very unlikely. Now, I can't speak for him, but I would say for an up-and-coming coach guy like him, it probably was not at the front of his mind to, to take a job. It probably wouldn't have been at the front of his mind had Coach Sutton not taken Arkansas to a Final Four almost another Final Four in 1979, which that's something else that we'll talk about. He's, he laid the foundation, so that's where it started. As Norm DeBryan did for the baseball team, set the foundation, got him to a couple of College World Series. Dave Van Horn took over once Norm DeBryan retired, and he took it to a whole nother level. That's what Nolan was able to do with what Eddie Sutton had already started. You think about some of the great moments that Eddie had, of course, at Oklahoma State. I, I think that it was pretty sure. I don't know that he did a ton at Kentucky. I know that he did make the NCAA tournament almost every year, if not every single year. But his most successful stints were one Final Four at Arkansas and two at Oklahoma State. One at Oklahoma State. He dang near made it to, almost made it to the national championship game. In all three of his appearances, he never was able to push past the actual Final Four into the national title game. Came close in, I think it was 1995 with Oklahoma State. And then in 1979, as I referenced just a second ago, in the Elite Eight against Indiana State. Now remember, Indiana State had Larry Bird. He had scored 31 in that game. Double-double, I believe he had like 10, 11 rebounds. They, of course, were going to have him take the final shot. Threw it in. Sidney Moncrief locks, that, locks him down, keeps him from taking the shot. And lo and behold, as, <laughs> as soon as time is expiring, another guy 
hits a layup for Indiana State, wins the game 73-71. And this is a team, a Razorback team, that had lost Marvin Delf and had lost Ron Brewer. So the triplets were down to just Sidney Moncrief. Now, he was the best player out of those three, but that really wasn't supposed to happen. They were they started the season unranked, and Coach Sutton went well above and beyond from what they thought was going to be a rebuilding year and helped this team almost make it to the Final Four in back-to-back seasons. He, in my opinion, is the greatest coach of all time that did not win a national championship. I really don't think it's even close. Many would probably put him as a top 10 coach all time. I certainly would. And it's a very good chance that in that list, he would be the only one that does. That's about all he didn't do. He had multiple coach of the year awards, national conference, multiple multiple conference championships in the SEC, in the SWC, in the Big 12, Big 8 at one point when that's what Oklahoma State was. First coach all time to take four different schools to the NCAA tournament and one of 11 to win 800 games. Of course, we remember after he had had the incident in 2005, which ultimately led to his first retirement with Oklahoma State. He ended up coming back and coached, I want to say it was maybe about 10, 15 games for the University of San Francisco to try to get over that 800 win mark, which he got to 806. Let's talk about whenever he first got hired at Arkansas. So as I mentioned, he got hired in 1974. He was an athletic director as well as basketball coach at Creighton. So he and Frank Burles, both being coach, coaches and athletic administrators, they put their brains together, and he had essentially told Frank, look, I just don't like the facilities that are here There's, or lack thereof. There's just not really a whole lot to work with. If you want to be a true contender, then we're going to have to, to fix this problem. And Frank essentially told him that, look, I'm going to at some point have the best facilities in the nation. And if you look at what Frank Royals was able to do, it's he's very much in that argument, especially from a baseball standpoint, from a track standpoint. Just about all of Arkansas's facilities right now compete with almost anybody in the country. But let's talk about what he did, what what Frank Boyles was able to help build just five years after he and Sutton had talked about that. For people that are around my age and maybe just a little bit older, one of the best years for Razorback sports within recent memory was 2014. Got over the hump for the first time since the Petrino days and won a bowl game under Brett Bielema when they slaughtered Texas in the Texas Bowl. We thought that the football team was on its way up after that. Basketball almost advanced in one of the two times that they poss- possibly could have advanced against North Carolina. This one wasn't as close in 2014 as it was in 2017, but – Nonetheless, Bobby Portis was the SEC player of the year. The Razorbacks got to the second round of the NCAA tournament. The women's team got to the NCAA tournament, won in the round of 64. Baseball team, Andrew Benintendi was the player of the year. They make it to the World Series. So you had two SEC player of the years. And then, of course, Andrew Benintendi, as I mentioned, was the national player of the year. Portis was SEC for basketball. 
But think about this. 1977-1978 school year. The football team is competing for a national championship. Lou Holtz is there. That 77 and 78 team were both great. 77, they lost to Texas 13-9. Only loss of the season. That was the year that they upset Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl with a lot of suspended star players. That same year, a few months after the Orange Bowl win, Arkansas goes to the Final Four. Next year, football season is pretty good as well. I think the, the Razorbacks went 9-2, and two, so had a pretty another decent year. Basketball team, Elite Eight, as I referenced just a second ago, that Indiana State layup at the final seconds kept them from the Final Four. And the baseball team, under Norm DeBryan, was the college the College World Series runner-up. So what a time to be up there about 40 years ago in Fayetteville with the big three all competing, baseball, basketball, and football, all competing for a national championship and coming within arm's reach. We haven't seen that kind of stuff, at least for those particular big three sports. So what they were able to do in that amount of time. So I bring that up to mention not just the overall impact that Coach Sutton had on Razorback basketball, or really not just Razorback basketball, but I'm talking about the sports landscape overall. I think that a lot of us today, my because he was there well before I was alive. I really just remember him from Oklahoma State. And I do remember his stint at at San Francisco as well. But he was just a pioneer for a lot of different coaches and the way that he coached defense. If you look at Twitter and you look at some of his former players from Arkansas and all the places that he coaches, there's some people really from the outside world that would really like to point out some of his faults. And you know what? If you want to do that, you be my guest. But you think about the impact that he had on and off the court for so many different people. Men that have become coaches, successful businessmen, whatever you want to look at. We've seen it over the past 24 hours. What The point that I'm recording about over the past 24 hours when the news broke of Coach Sutton's death. But this is a guy who Razorback fans, regardless if you want to hold it against him for – I know that there's some out there who still hold it against him for saying that he would crawl to Kentucky. He's tried to reconcile for years and years and years saying that he was caught up in the moment. He and Frank Borles were butting heads at that time. There's a lot of different reasons out there of why they didn't really get along too well. Of course, they did end up making amends. They sat together at the final game in Barnhill Arena in 1993. They made amends. So if you are one of those people that just can't get past one thing that he said in the heat of the moment, I feel sorry for you. Because this is a great guy that we lost, a guy who really loves the University of Arkansas. I'm not so sure that he would have been there past the early 90s. And at that point, would we have gotten Nolan Richardson still if he would have left for Oklahoma State? That's the only school that I would have seen him leaving for. That's his alma mater. That's just what 
that's where he wanted to be ultimately, and that's what he said. So I think that at some point he would have left to go to Oklahoma State. That still would have played out the way that it eventually did. But what would have become of, of Arkansas Razorback basketball if 1985 wouldn't have happened? Would we have possibly gotten a national championship under Coach Sutton? Who would have been the coach once he went to Oklahoma State? Some fun questions to think about. Uh, of course, Razorback got to the, the top of the mountain, to the pinnacle of college basketball, and almost did it again in 1995. But you don't get there. And again, this is no disrespect whatsoever to, to Nolan Richardson, one of the greatest of all time. Arkansas, I'll just put it to you like this, Arkansas was blessed to have two of the greatest coaches of all time in the history of college basketball back-to-back. I wasn't alive to see both of those. I got to see more of the back end of the Nolan era. But Eddie Sutton is a guy that I know that many, especially that lived through it, certainly appreciate him. I speak for Creighton fans. I speak for Razorback fans, Kentucky, most Kentucky. <laughs> I know that there was some, some Kentucky fans that probably aren't too crazy about him with some of the things that went on there. But again, nonetheless, this guy had a massive impact on so many different players and college basketball overall. And there is no doubt that he'll be greatly missed. So that's all I've got for that. Just wanted to run through some things. I know that there's many people that are not familiar with how he got hired at Arkansas and some of the things that went down while he was there. It is noted that Frank Broyles did have quite a few spats with multiple different head coaches that were there in football and basketball. But I think even he would tell you that Razorback basketball would not be what it is. There would probably be no Bud Walton Arena. And there probably wouldn't be the kind of history that we ended up having, not just under Sutton, but again, under Coach Nolan as well. To my knowledge, he's the only guy to have his name in two different basketball arenas, at least in Division I ball. His name, of course, on the court at Oklahoma State and his name in the rafters at the University of Arkansas. His legacy, of course, will continue to live on. But Coach Sutton is a guy that I know that many will not soon forget. You know, it's always great to get back here in beautiful Arkansas and here at the university. I had so many wonderful experiences with this wonderful group of guys behind me. The only thing I found out today when we were all back there gathering, he told stories I'd never heard before. <laughs> but I really appreciate the wonderful people that are all here. And believe me, there's no one that loves Arkansas more than I do. Fayetteville and the University of Arkansas are special places. I'm always indebted for all the great friendships that I have been able to meet through the years, but I'm just so pleased to be a, a Razorback. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.